Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. It's so wonderful to be here. You know, so often people stand up and say what a privilege it is. But honestly, it is a huge privilege that people will be listening and uh, tuning in. And so we really are grateful. So very good morning to you. I trust uh, you are well. And uh, just before we start, there are a couple of notes, notices uh, to make uh, just uh, in light of what's going down online. Just to remind you that next week, the 17th, we are online again, uh, 17th of January, and we are awaiting the president's address, and we will update you regarding prayer meetings and meetings in live meetings. So please just stay in touch, watch out for social media and uh, all the platforms that we have, and we will keep in touch with you and let you know what is happening. It really is an unsure time of year, and, but we are in the president's hands at the moment. So I do trust things will change, but uh, let's just keep in touch all the time. So with that out the way, let's uh, continue. It really has been quite a year, uh, 2020, and obviously as we move into 2021, starting out much the same as 2020 started, it's not been a great start, if we're honest. But one upside uh, to this year has been it's given us time to think. And I found myself driving or sitting, and you know, sometimes I sit and thinks, and sometimes I just sit. Uh, but I have had that opportunity through this year and the beginning of this year, just to spend time with the Father, to contemplate things. And uh, we spent the last week uh, in, of the year in self-isolation with one of our family members having pre- uh, tested positive to COVID. And uh, it was just a great opportunity, as unpleasant as it may have been, it was a great opportunity just to sit down and think through the past year. And so may I suggest, instead of starting out with a whole lot of New Year's resolutions, which no one keeps anyway, let's go through Scripture and take a look back at 2020 and what happened in 2020 and how we can plot our way forward into 21. And uh, if you remember, I told that story of Lieutenant Colonel Hal Moore in the Vietnam War. He went, the battle wasn't going well, and he withdrew to a mountain. And he looked down and he said, what's happening, what's not, and what can I do about it? So what's happened in 2020, what hasn't happened, and what can I do about it in 2021? And as I said a few weeks ago, that uh, I read through the book of Acts and Proverbs over and over again through lockdown. I just read through one Acts, and then I went to Proverbs, backwards and forwards. And eventually I thought, well, what motivated the the disciples into acting the way they did? And so I started reading through the Gospels and what Jesus did and uh, how he behaved so that the disciples could behave in a manner similar to the commands that he had given. And so I want to look today at the book of John and just some aspects of it, just to spin through it very simply, very quickly, and uh, how we can look back over 2020 and how we can look forward to building in 2021. So let's open our Bibles, and uh, I really would encourage you to have a book called the Bible and not a 
telephone or a tablet called a Bible. We don't want to get sent any information from Big Brother who's watching over and sending us irrelevant information. But uh, let's just bear in mind, we're sitting with the Father in his lounge and it's been a tough year and we wonder how we've done in 2020 and how we're going to do in 2021. And in chapter 5 of John, in verse 24, it says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. And so we sit with our Father on the premise that he is our Father. And if God is not your Father at this time and you're watching for some reason, please find a, someone you know, a friend, who does know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and speak to them, ask them why. And uh, as the author Mark Twain said, he said, the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. And uh, let's find out why we are sitting in the presence of the Father. But it's revealed in his presence the reason why. And uh, many years ago, Elliot Sanjika, who was an elder at this church, preached out of this chapter 5 uh, and uh, some of you may remember it, and it's well valid for this point in our lives. And basically, it's, he's preached about four tests on how we are doing. And so I want to look at a couple of those. And uh, so let's read in chapter 5, verse 31 to 40. It says, If I testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. There is another who testifies in my favor and I know that his testimony about me is valid. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weightier than that of John, for the very work that the Father has given me to finish, and which I am doing, testifies that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe in the one he sent. You diligently study the scriptures because you think by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And uh, so just a few points on that, on how we can look at our lives and look at scripture and get testimony through that. And so in verse 31, it says, if I testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. And so the first point is we've got to have an honest appraisal of ourselves. And if I look at myself and see how wonderfully I'm doing, I've got to be honest. And the chances are I'm looking in a frosted mirror or I'm talking to my mother because she thinks I'm amazing. And friends, we can lie to ourselves. We can get people to lie about us. We can get someone who owes us something to talk about us, and they'll always give a glowing report. But when we lie awake at night, in the dark, on our own, in the company of one, we have to be honest about what we've done right, and what we've done wrong, and how we can correct the paths that have been not to the correct drumbeat. And... Uh, so let's honestly appraise ourselves. It may lead us to, to need for repentance. We need, may need to restore what's been destroyed. But that's a good thing. Repentance is a gift from God. And it's a wonderful gift. It leads to peace 
and ultimately a good night's sleep. And that really is good because guilt no longer grips us. And uh, there's been a lot of talk uh, last year and a lot of preaching, in fact, and prayer meetings about gratitude. And uh, can we look back and be grateful, thankful for what God has done and for the Father for taking care of us? There's so much to be thankful for. Uh, you may have seen that meme of that 93-year-old Italian man who came out of hospital after contracting COVID and recovering, and he got given a 5,000 euro bill. It's 100,000 odd rand. And uh, for one day, having been spent on a ventilator. And uh, he burst into tears. And the doctor said, sir, don't, don't cry. Don't, there's no need to cry over money. He said, oh, it's got nothing to do with money. I can pay the bill immediately. Don't worry about that. He said, but you know, for 93 years, I've been breathing God's wonderful air. And I've just realized how much I owe him. And I've never said thank you to him for that. And so friends, if nothing else, we can thank God for the air that we breathe. And uh, how much do we owe our God? And so there's much to be thankful for. We can look back and thank him. And uh, last week, Stan spoke about building and rebuilding. And perhaps this year we haven't built particularly well. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27, remember the story of the man who built his house on the rock. He built well. And the man who unwisely built on sand. And the sand got wa washed away and washed away the foundations and his house fell. And uh, if we're honest, maybe we built last year on fear. And uh, we don't really know what the future holds. And uh, last year was scary. And perhaps this year is not looking that good either. But we've got to put our hands in the hand of the man who calmed the water and build on him and not on fear. We may have built on finance. As I said, we have no idea what the future holds. We may have stored up all our finances because we don't know. And uh, yet... God has said to sow, and I've been so encouraged by the amazing amount that's been sowed into GC Share and how we've been able to share that with our community. But uh, I, I was challenged. I had cash in my wallet over this Christmas season. I very seldom carry cash, and, but I had cash, and someone came up and asked me for some money, and I felt God say, if you keep emptying your wallet, I'll keep filling it. And so I don't know what that means for my future, but I do know is I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to test God on this. It says, test me in finances in, in Malachi. So I'm going to test, and I'm going to empty my wallet and see where that leads. And when I think back over this year, I think I was quite generous on the various things, but I could have been more so, there's no doubt. But I want to sow more. You know, it says in Philippians uh, Chapter 4, verse 17, it says that we, when we sow apostolically, that money gets credited to our account. God credits it. And so I want to be radical in this area. We preached and prayed last year about being radical. That was one of the words we had, radical. So were we radical when we look back over the year? Well, if we weren't, well, let's repent and move on. If we were, great, let's carry on. And uh, let's rebuild and build according to the appraisal which we make of ourselves. Perhaps we were rebellious last year. The Bible says in Romans 13, verse 1 and 2, it says that we should submit to the government, for God puts the government in place. 
And perhaps you believe the government did an absolutely terrible job last year and were speaking absolute rubbish about masks and about social distancing and sanitizing. But no matter what you believe, God tells us to submit to their laws. And if we don't, God says it's rebellion against him, against God, because God instituted that government. It's a hectic scripture, friends, but it's real. And there's protection in obeying the authorities, as long as it's obviously not a law that contradicts the Bible. If someone says, well, God told me to go and, uh, or the, uh, the government told me to go and have an abortion, of course I don't go and have an abortion. That would be contrary to God's law, I believe. And, but I think we all need to repent a little bit, to some degree or another around this. I'm not saying for a minute that we should agree with everything the government says. But we have to admit, or submit I should say, they just happen to be right about SDM. Sanitizing, distancing, and masks. That's halfway up your nose, two centimeters below your chin, at the same time. That's not under your chin. It's just not me either. It's the government. And we need to submit to these things to keep safe over this time. And friends, I really would encourage us all to take a long, hard look at ourselves. Ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate that which needs illuminating. Repent where we need to repent. Rebuild where we haven't built on the rock. And reset the cornerstone that is not Jesus at this time. In the words of the great Charles M. Schultz, who's the Peanuts cartoon writer, you know, Charlie Brown, I love Charlie Brown. He says, sometimes I lie awake at night and ask, where have I gone wrong? And then a voice says to me, this is going to take more than a night. And so, friends, it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes listening to adjudicate what we've done and how we can make right. And so let's have a look through the book of John in just a couple of places. In chapter 7, if you turn over in verse 17, 17 and 18, it says, uh, If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. He who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself, but he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. We work for the honor of him who sent me. And it was so good just sitting back, sitting in my hammock, thinking, contemplating. Our Wi-Fi got struck by lightning a week ago. And so we've been a little low on Wi-Fi and internet access. And so I've been thinking, well, who did I work for this last year? Did I work for myself? Did I work for my family? Did I work for the Lord? And uh, the question I ask of the Lord, I, I use that word on purpose, the Lord. The Lord speaks of, of his lordship over us, his leading over us. And uh, I asked myself that question, did I work for the honor of the one who sent me? And from our workplace, Pharaoh's lair it might be, we still work for the Lord. We've got to ask ourselves, am I working for the Lord? And so... I'm just touching on various things here. I'm not, it's not uh, going into too deeply. I just, you can go and, and look at those scriptures and go into it in more depth. In chapter 9, in verse 4, 
It says, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Jesus says, night is coming when no one can work. When I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And so I asked myself, well, what is his work? What is the work that I need to be doing? And in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 to 10, Jesus says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. You might not be able to find leprosy, but you certainly can find HIV and, and the coronavirus. And uh, so where are we on those things? Healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing those who have leprosy or corona or HIV, driving out demons. Now, I didn't raise too many dead people last year, but I certainly prayed for the sick. And did every one of them get healed? No. And have I slowed down in the healing? No. In the, in the praying, should I say? I've continued to pray that all would be healed. And I just want to do that as my job, ushering in the kingdom of God. And never before, friends, have we had an opportunity like today to pray for people of all denominations, of all persuasions, of all religions. And uh, a friend of my son's, uh, Ryan, uh, tested positive for, for COVID-19. And so Bess sent his mama a message just to say, praying for you, thinking of you, please let us know if we can do anything for you. And the lady replied and said, thank you so much. Please pray. My father is in, in hospital, very sick. I really would appreciate your prayers. And so Beth said, fabulous. Prayed for her, sent her messages back, but said, I've got to pray in Jesus' name. And so sent these prayers to say, in Jesus' name, we're praying for your, for your father and trusting that your family uh, gets, gets well. And the lady replied back saying, thank you so much. And they become these uh, mates just messaging each other, talking to, to one another. This is a Muslim family, friends, very staunch Muslim family, only too happy that Jesus is being prayed over their family. And uh, friends, we have opportunities to pray like never before right now. And did we do that last year? Yes. Tick. Well done. Keep going. If you didn't, no problem. Let's start doing it. Repent. It's never too late. And with this latest spike in infections, we have a great opportunity to bring hope, peace, and healing into a literally dying world. And so let's do it. Let's keep going in these things. So paging forth, forward, I mean, in uh, chapter 14, in verse 12, uh, Jesus again keeps going. He's getting towards the end of his ministry here. And I says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And if you love me, you will obey what I command. What an amazing thing. If you love me, you will do what I command. Never before, friends. Have we been empowered like this time to do what God has called us to do? We spend time in his presence. We get encouraged to do the great things he's called us to. And then it says, if you love me, and of course we do love him. We love you, Lord. And we want to obey what you have for us to do. And so in 2020, did we obey him? Yes, tick, no, repent and start obeying him. And so we've got to ask this question, what now, Father? And in John chapter 15, I love the scripture. It says, I am the true vine in verse 1. 
to 7, And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of my word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the question is, what do I need to prune? What do I need to get rid of? What do I need to let God prune off? We've all seen what happens when we prune. It's painful and the plant looks terrible. But soon enough, little green shoots start coming out. And uh, it starts growing so that the good fruit can appear. Um, I overpruned a hedge of ours over the Christmas time. And uh, you can't unprune something. Once it's pruned, it's done. There were some grumpy humans, and I, I, I was pruning a hedge, and I just happened to slide in a bit. And it looked awful, this big hole in the hedge. But you know, within a week, little shoots had started, and uh, the hedge is on its fruitful way to recovery. It looked utterly awful, I'll be honest, when it, when it started. But it now is looking great, and there's blossoms, flowers have come out on the hedge, which would never have happened if I hadn't pruned it. And so I asked myself, Lord, please prune me. Show me what needs to get pruned. Show me, cut it off so that I can be fruitful. And the problem is when we don't prune. And so another tree in my garden, I was walking through the garden and a tree comes out the ground with two, uh, what are those things called, uh, trunks. And the one trunk had, the bark was peeling off. So I peeled it back and there was a mother load of ants. Man, I got ant killer. I must have poured 15 liters of ant killer down that tree's, uh, wherever it is, where all the ants were. I chopped the, the, the trunk off and I destroyed it, destroyed all these ants. And the problem is if you don't, the ants get into the good tree and destroy the whole tree. And it's the same with us. We've got to let God prune all the bits off that are unfruitful so they don't contaminate the, the rest of my body. And I want my whole body to be fruitful. So let me be pruned and let the bits grow back. And, and be fruitful the way God would have us. And then in verse 5, which says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me and I in you and we will be fruitful, the true vine. And so we've got to let him graft us in so that we are super fruitful in the true vine. And then in chapter 16, in verse 33, it says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. And in this world, you will have trouble. I've heard it preached that if you're in Jesus, you won't have trouble because he'll take care of it. Well, that's not what my Bible says. It says you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. So in me, let us be grafted into Jesus. And who doesn't want peace after this tumultuous year? We've got to get into Jesus. We may have trouble. No, we will have trouble somewhere along the line. But we will have peace in times of trouble. 
as I was starting to prepare this preach, I looked out of my window. I've got a very unusual tree outside the window. It goes, it grows, no, it's a big tree, and the leaves grow up to just below my eye line, and for two meters, they don't, there's no leaves, just branches, and then the leaves start again. And it's like God has opened a window for me, and we can look out of our window, and there are no leaves, as I say, just branches, and it opens the, the window to this view. And we look out over the sea, and this fantastic view happens, and it's not stopped by these leaves. And it's a remarkable thing. But uh, anyway, as I was looking out this window, the wind was howling, the sea was a mess, the tree was falling over, it was blowing so hard. And there in the branches was God's symbol of peace. A little dove was just sitting there. There was trouble around. If he'd flown, he would have been blown to kingdom come. But he just sat there, just peaceful. It was a great picture for me as I started preparing this amazing a picture came as I was preparing this, uh, this preach. And so there's peace in times of trouble. We can fly in the times of trouble and get buffeted, but know that God will bring us and give us peace. And so just zooting back to chapter 5 quickly, it goes on. It says in verse 32, there is another who testifies in my behalf. And uh, a question I ask as a second point, if you want, is how do others see me? How do others see me? It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, that Jesus grew in stature and wisdom and in favor with God and men. Is that our testimony? Do we grow in favor uh, and in stature amongst men? And uh, am I trusted? When someone looks at me, am I trusted? Am I full of faith? Am I full of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22? Full of peace, of love, of joy, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. Is that me? Is that what people think of when they see me? Not what my mother thinks of me, what other people think of me. And how do others see me? How do others see me? How have they seen me this past year? How are they going to see me this year? So can we sit with the Father? Ask Him to appraise us. And then can we sit with friends? Ask them, or trusted leaders, ask them to ask us tough questions. Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, The wounds of a friend can be trusted. They get to ask tough questions, hard questions, but questions that are born out of love. And they help us build and rebuild. And friends, when we start a building, we call in a land surveyor. And that land surveyor gives us the exact point in the corner it doesn't, you don't put your arm out left, put your arm out right, bring it down. Oh, that's the, no, no, it's an exact science. It uses uh, theodolites, science ex, uh, equipment, and uh, those things that float in the sky and it reads it off. Um, I can't think of the name right now, it doesn't really matter. But it's a scientific thing where the corner gets set, and then you set the cornerstone. We've got to ask Jesus, the great land surveyor, to set his own cornerstone in place so that we build on him the exact science. Jesus, the chief cornerstone. And then it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, it speaks about building on the foundations of the apostles and prophets. And we allow those men and women into our lives and to build on them. And we allow our leaders to speak into our lives and, and help us. There's been a great disservice in the church over the years where it goes something like this. Jesus has told me to do this, so I'm going to go and do it. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. 
And of course it's true, we can hear God and we do hear God on our own and we can. The great exploits, do great exploits in Him. But let me tell you, there's some helpful things which a friend can help you with. And a better question to ask is to say, I believe God said X, Y, Z. What do you think? So that we can hear it together and help discern what God is saying to us. So we have, lastly, just to finish off, Scripture as a moraine. Verse 39, it says we can have, we pour over Scripture. And so can I ask you, once we've assessed ourselves and asked God for, for, to, to show us how it was, how it is, and how it's going to be, that we look through Scripture and say, Lord, show me in your Scripture. I like to read through the Bible, through the whole Bible in a year and uh, every year. And uh, it's five or six chapters. That's all it is a day. It's not that much. And uh, now's a great time, the beginning of the year. And we ask God to reveal to us and the Holy Spirit to reveal to us, to graft us in, prune us where necessary. And so, friends, just to summarize, if you love me, you'll obey me, Jesus says. In me, you will have peace. So let's obey him. Let's find his peace. Let his kingdom come. His will be done. In his amazing name, the name of Jesus. Let us assist the year, repent where we have to, and go for it like we've never done before. In Jesus' name. Amen.